Sometimes one big story or narrative in a given part of the world can turn public attention from other, frankly, comparable conditions that are happening there at the same time. I am Bruce Valley, buddy, and in this episode, I will do a quick rundown through a few stories that aren't actually the stories we have heard most about. So why don't we start with this one? Let's travel to South America or Latin America. So the Latin American refugee crisis, that is not Venezuela. Yes, the economic disaster brought by Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has driven millions of people away from Venezuela in recent months. But there is a growing departure from Nicaragua now as well, as thousands flee the political and economic turmoil that began earlier in 2018 among protests and a brutal crackdown by President Daniel Ortega. Most of those folks fleeing are ahead um, and headed to South uh, uh, into Nicaragua's prosperous and stable neighbor Costa Rica. Yeah, which probably most of us know it as a vacation spot. Oh, by the way, keep in mind and that going north would mean entering Honduras, one of the world's most violent countries. Well, in recent years, the so-called the Northern Triangles, Central Amer American nations of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras have become some of the most violent areas on earth, destroyed by gang violence, drug trafficking, and frankly, weak and often corrupt government officials. But the deepening crisis in Nicaragua and the growing refugee flows could begin to test stability there and in Costa Rica as well. Okay, now let's travel to another region. Uh, let's talk about the imminent final bloodbath in the Middle East civil war that is not Syria. You know, I have talked plenty about Syria, but this is different. So the fragile future of Syria's Idlib province, as you remember, the last remaining holdout against Bashar al-Assad's Russia-backed war machine, has gotten much attention in recent weeks everywhere. But Yemen's four-year civil war uh, may be headed to a violent final showdown as well. So as a reminder, the war started back in 2014 when the Houthis, which are the Shia rebels with ties to Iran, ousted the Saudi-backed government, provoking intervention by a Saudi-led coalition of the Persian Gulf states with the help of the United States. Well, the war has already created the world's worst humanitarian crisis, claiming the lives of more than 15,000 civilians and also uh, huge human rights violations on all sides. Following the recent collapse of peace talk, the United Arab Emirates uh, says it will retake the strategic port city of Hodaida from the Houthis. Well, even beyond the impact of the urban warfare uh, on the city of almost half a million remaining residents, Hudaida is the port of entry for 75% of the food and medicine that goes to Yemen. But don't forget, with about 75% of the population really depending on that foreign aid, a battle of Hudaida could have, in a way, destructive ripple effects throughout the war-torn country. Okay, let's travel to Asia. The 
persecuted religious minority in China, that is not, in a way, Xinjiang's Muslims. Yes, China has been in the spotlight recently for its, in a way, discriminatory and frankly repressive policies towards Muslims. And in Tibet sometimes makes the news as well. But there is another minority of religious believers that struggle to worship freely in the country. China's 60 million Christians have, uh, if you will, for decades been forced to choose between state-approved churches and underground places of worship that the state, in a way, cracked down on, sometimes with bulldozers. Yes, well, in particular, China's 10 million Catholics have, until now at least, uh, had to navigate a system in which Beijing and the Holy See uh, which, by the way, cut ties in 1951, each appoint bishops who, uh, in a way whom the other refuses to recognize. Well, keep in mind, over the past weekend, the two sides actually took a big step towards a settlement with an agreement under which the Vatican will recognize several government-appointed bishops and uh, sideline several of its, in a way, own appointees. In return, China will give the Pope a say in new appointments. Uh, it is pretty complicated. Well, the agreement also sparked criticism from Catholics who do not want to give an atheist authoritarian government influence over spiritual matters, and also from China's Communist Party officials who object to, in a way, concede any sovereignty over internal religious affairs to the Pope. Well, let me leave you with uh, what I think is a fairly interesting question. Is this in a way, the Pope bowing to the reality of China's power or China bowing to the reality of Pope's power? Well, yes, it is pretty complicated stuff. By the way, this is the last episode of our first season of Roosecast. Thank you for joining us. We're super excited about our season two.